0: Learn more at
1: marines.com.
0: The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Our entire podcast network is fueled by Cody Road and made possible thanks to our friends at the Wild, Co- Wild, Code, Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Can you tell I'm thinking about the... Uh, law when I said code, yeah. <laughs> we're recording on a Monday morning, you guys. And so we're normally in work mode right now. And so I was thinking about the code sections that I have to look up and sorry, wild rose casino. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks to wild cool rose. Yes. And thanks uh, also to our friends at the Ivy college of business at Iowa state for continually supporting the title nine podcast. They've been around for a long time and we appreciate them very much. All right. Holy Women's Basketball Weekend, Batman. (laughs) I mean, some things happened. (laughs) Some
1: things. (laughs) Some things happened.
0: Well, we knew the Final Four was going to produce some monstrous numbers. And um, I was hearing from some friends and family that don't normally watch women's basketball or at least don't pay as close of attention to it as we do. And, you know, they said that Friday night, the South Carolina Iowa game was one of the best games they've ever seen men's or women's. And I just, I mean, I think we all knew going into it that there were eyeballs on the game that hadn't been before or hadn't been invested before. And we got the numbers and they back it up. So the final four game between Iowa and South Carolina was a sellout 5.5 million viewers with a peak of 6.6 million, which was up 72% from last year. It was ESPN's most viewed semifinal on record, and it was the most watched college basketball game on any ESPN network, regardless of gender, since Duke and North Carolina in 2008. Together, the uh, final four games averaged 4.5 million viewers, which is a 66% increase from last year. And as we saw on social media, the tickets for the women's final four were significantly more expensive than the men's. And the cool part was this was not isolated to the final four. The sweet 16 games averaged 1.2 million viewers per game, which was a 73% increase in viewership since last year. And the Sunday before matchup between Iowa and Louisville drew 2.5 million viewers, which was more than any NBA game on ESPN this season. Yeah. So all of this is to say we could just kind of feel this buzz and momentum that I'm not sure I've ever felt before with the sport. And I was just curious if you kind of had that same, that same vibe as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that like we're seeing, we're kind of seeing... Um, these like lines on a graph start to intersect a little bit with the stardom of women's basketball players yes um, and the lack of stardom in men's basketball players and I'm not saying that the men's game is getting worse. I'm saying that there hasn't really been a huge name since Zion mm-hmm. and before Zion there wasn't really a huge name but maybe like Anthony, like AD maybe. I don't yeah. know. Like who was the, who have been the big names like Obi Toppin one player of the year? Like, most people had no idea who he was when he won player of the year or what team he played for there just haven't been these like huge names um and then on the women's side we see like paige becker sabrina inescu like we see these names these girls like Caitlin clark you know we see angel reese we see these girls who Women these women. Yeah. But (laughs) I mean, to me, they're girls. (laughs) It's because you're an old woman. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's like when my husband's watching um, basketball and he calls somebody's son. Oh my gosh. Arnold. I'm like Arnold, he's turning into his father. Um, But so like, and I think that also we've talked about this a thousand times on the podcast and I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but no, you can beat
0: it. Social media. Yeah,
1: Like women are the stars of social media. They just are. And it's because I mean, women are beautiful. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to say it's because women understand the algorithm better than men. Like it's none of that. But a lot of it is how they curate their feed and they make it beautiful. And I think that people want to look at beautiful things.
0: Okay, I'll push back. I'm not saying I disagree with that. I will push back on what you said about how they don't understand the algorithm. Maybe they don't understand the algorithm. I don't understand the damn algorithm. It's terrifying. But I do think women understand how to connect with um, listeners and followers, and they understand that piece of it more. Um, And I think there is a community aspect that I don't know that... And I'm generalizing, obviously. Um, But I think that there is an understanding, too, that they recognize this is a way to connect that they can capitalize on. And so, yeah, maybe it's the maybe it's the beautiful piece of it. And maybe it's. Um, you know, just the emotional understanding and just the understanding that they're capitalizing on something that the men haven't yet. I think it's a multifaceted piece of it.
1: Yeah. And I'm when I say like they're beautiful, women are beautiful. I'm not saying that like they their looks adhere to a certain like beauty standard i'm saying that like their the art that they've created on their social media oh is a, yes is aesthetically pleasing i agree and like that. the things that they're putting out there are nice to look at like that I understand it yeah and yeah and it's true and i think that um it's just a different i don't i, I don't even know like a better way to put it like it's just a vibe that they're putting out there that a lot of these like female basketball players, a lot of black female basketball players, they put I mean we oh gosh this is going to get crazy but like we know that a lot of like the TikTok dances originally yeah. came from black, black women black women black girls mm-hmm. young women um and it's it's something like it's a uh, it's the culture yep. that I think is On social media, that people are drawn to. Yeah. And it's shown in women's basketball players. Like, that's people like watching that. Like,
0: and on top of that, this is another thing we've beat the dead horse and we continually beat. We're just getting more opportunities now to watch because the games are being put on times and networks that people see. And so I think we have this combination of um, that, which is obvious, but for some reason, people don't capitalize on it the social media piece of it the progression of the game um and it's just kind of all snowballing right now yeah and chad lice had an amazing tweet that made me laugh out loud and also made me gasp because he had the picture of the um the weight room quote unquote weight room from the 2021 tournament on the left side. And he said how it started and how it's going. And he had all those numbers we just went through on the right side. And it was like, wow, in two years, we've seen this like astronomical trajectory and obviously it was building before that. But just from that moment where we were all, it was like that cultural moment where we were yeah. all like, "Let's take a pause here and really reflect on what's going on to now." And it just makes me really excited for what's to come. We've come so far; it feels like in the last five years, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the next five years. You
1: just said culture, and I like got goosebumps. I feel like <sighs> women's basketball is a culture. is a culture. Yes, and right. And right now, men's basketball is a business. And yes. people are being drawn to this culture yes. and people are watching the business because they've always watched the yeah. business and that's and fine. Because, and it's because it's a good it, business right. and it's always going to be the same. It's yeah. comfortable. You can sit yes. there and watch what, you know, men's basketball, the final four and the championship game numbers are much higher when it's a blue blood in there. Yep. It, it just is. And then with women's basketball, we see no number one seeds in the championship game. And all eyes are on it. Yes, It's like, it's like the, the parody in women's basketball. It's what's making it's really special right now. It's right. what's making it grow right now.
0: Right. Right. And so let's talk about all eyes on this championship game. So we really do have all eyes on this championship game and my expectations, not even for, who was going to win or what star would shine the brightest. It was just my expectation for the game was sky high. And I don't think I'm alone in that. And then from the first whistle whistle, the officials just took over and you get all the stars from LSU and Iowa in foul trouble. You don't let the teams play. And suddenly it's this huge letdown. And I, I, I want to talk about the officiating women's basketball from a larger perspective, and I know you do too, but let's talk about this game in particular first. So these games, these teams come in for a dogfight. The final four I thought was officiated great. You let the teams play, you let the teams flow, you let the stars shine. And this game was officiated entirely differently. Caitlin Clark gets a technical, which is truly one of the most old beeping technicals. I've ever seen. She doesn't say anything. She throws a ball. She's pissed. Well, of course she's pissed. It's the national championship game and it's been trash officiating from the start. And then you have Kim Mulkey who's on the court, touching officials, grabbing officials in their face. And I'm just sitting there pissed because you have this huge brightly lit stage and these officials ruin it and don't twist. I don't want anyone to twist this into Iowa got screwed. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think LSU played lights out. They shot lights out. What I'm saying is that this became a ticky tack game when it was supposed to be this free flowing dogfight. And this ticky tack game is what people who don't watch women's basketball think women's basketball is. And that's what made me mad because you have these eyeballs tuning in for probably maybe not the first time, but one of the first times. And they see this game where nothing can go, nothing can get through. And I just... It felt like a missed opportunity for me to showcase the game that we know and the game that we have come to love.
1: I will say the game that you know is Kim Mulkey out on the floor, oh, and I not, hate it, and not getting called for anything, and nothing about that has changed. No, so you're right about me, that. That didn't bother me as oh, much as Rick it probably bother bothered me. people. But it's like, if you're coming in to watch women's basketball, Kim Mulkey is women's <laughs> basketball. Like <laughs> yeah, pick, uh, you're picture in right. picture is women's sure. basketball. And the outrage to that just makes me like,
0: guys, th- we let her do this from the start. You're right. But we also have the benefit of the, benefit. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the curse of having watched her do this for a decade and a half at, in the big 12. So I think we're used to it. I don't know that everyone else is used to it, especially right. the new eyeballs. I guess you're fair, fair point. My larger point is that the game itself, they didn't allow the players to play and the stars to shine. And that's what was a huge bummer.
1: And I thought that it was really interesting too, because um, Jasmine Carson came off mm-hmm. the bench and it was perfect in the first half. She was seven for seven, seven for seven and she was five for five from three. And I think that LSU averaged like, or she averaged like three, three pointers in a game. She had
0: 11 points in the, tur- and I think maybe in the tournament leading up to that. And then she right. had 21. Right. So you have, and I'm not taking anything away from her. She played great. She obviously shot out of her mind, but when that is your star and you've got Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and Monica Sonano on the bench, like, what are we, right. what are we doing?
1: Right. And on all of the, like, Well, Angel Reese didn't even have a good game.
0: That's because she was (laughs) like riding the (laughs) puck, and and the I think she had one foul in that half that was legitimate. The other one was ridiculous, and so the officiating was bad on both ends. And any time that um, that that happens, especially on that kind of stage, it just it took the wind out of it. And this has been a frustration of um, hours for not just this season, but as of late with, with officiating women's basketball is changing and it's not, you know, obviously having a big is, is a huge advantage, but it's not the game that it once was where it's all bigs or go home. This is a guard league now. Um, and you have people who are, it's a very physical, aggressive league now and I feel like sometimes it's not everyone. There's some officials who have no idea how to call it anymore. Right. So you'll get these call everything or call nothing. And oftentimes that switches at halftime. And if you've watched women's basketball over the last couple of years, you know, the struggle is real. I don't know how we fix it. I officiating is a problem. I think in, in men's and women's um, and you know, the way each league is played, it oftentimes fluctuates that way, but man, I, last night, it was, Sunday night's national championship game was was very frustrating from a, from a uh, officiating standpoint.
1: So my thoughts on this is that um, leading up to the game, it was this, well, it's an all-female crew. I know. An all-woman crew. And first of all, we didn't ask for that. Yeah. And I think that it was a PR stunt. Of course it was. And I think I got excited about of it. Of course. We always get excited about those. Things. And then when it started to play out, I was like, wait a minute. Why? That's like, that's not what we asked
0: for. We want the best officials. Right. It was yeah.
1: like, it's like them saying, um, oh, we see this. We see this weight room. You know what we're going to do for you guys? We're going to paint give it pink. You- <laughs> we're going to give you 2 million tampons, right? And it's like, okay, okay. They're going to be free. Great. Thank you. Um, The best things you've ever said. And then they're going to be, and then they're going to say they're scented and we're going to say, listen, we don't want scented tampons
0: guys we didn't ask for this right like cool that's right great Uh uh-huh we didn't we didn't ask for this yeah all
1: we want is good officials yeah you don't don't take it so far yeah it's like the nfl is known for taking it too far right
0: and i just think it's like don't do it for the sake of doing it do it because it's it's what is natural, right. the natural progression. Right. Like,
1: do it because they are the best officials. Yeah, that's what we would rather have. Yes. Is for all of for the officials
0: to all be women because they are the best. And I appreciate that you have to give women the opportunity to to prove themselves to be the best. And oftentimes, that after in the past, that opportunity wasn't there. So I don't come at us and say, right. oh, "How do you believe in the human invention?" Like, come on, guys. But like, they don't have, have a to, good their bes- opportunity doesn't have to be at the
1: biggest stage. (laughs) Like no one's opportunity is at the biggest stage. Yeah,
0: it was. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean.
1: It just doesn't. It's 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 lip service. And it doesn't. What are
0: you crunching over there?
1: I'm sorry. I just saw that my brown sugar was open (laughs) um, and it's going to get all dry. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities people. I know. know. So
0: that's my thought. I agree with you. We didn't ask for that. Take I, your yes, tampons back. Take take back the tampons. All two million of them. Right. Um, okay. I have something else to say that I've been. Um... Toying with whether I should say or not. Okay. And it's been bugging me the last couple of weeks. But I feel like you and I, what makes our podcast special is we say the things that are maybe a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. So I'm gonna go there. Wait, is it um, gonna be uncomfortable
1: for me or for no, the
0: listeners? The listeners, probably. Because I have already made them uncomfortable <laughs> with the tampons. So <laughs> well, actually, I have two things that'll make okay. everyone uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so let's just go all in. Um, okay, I am so happy, like over the moon, happy to the point of tears, seeing so many new people covering women's basketball for so long. You and I have been (laughs) screaming these things into the (laughs) void. We've been talking about viewership, attendance, all of this. Um, this is what we've been hoping for, right? Like this is the moment it's happening, but a lot of the new people come covering women's basketball, especially locally are men. Um, because we just don't have a lot of women covering, um, sports here in central Iowa. And I don't know nationally, but I'd be willing to bet that the large majority of sportscasters are still men. (laughs) And there's part of me that's like, where the hell have you guys been? Right. And you know, the trick of, um, making someone else think it's their idea when it's actually your idea so they'll buy into it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel right now. (laughs) And it feels a little gross. Like I don't expect anyone to be like, thank you, Steph and Elisa, for (laughs) carrying this banner for years while we didn't do it. Like I don't expect that, but I kind of want it. (laughs) Well like I and I don't I obviously don't mean that literally. I just I don't know. It's just I've kind of felt like, hey, we we've been saying what you're saying. And hey, right. It's I don't know how to explain it better than that. Oh, my God.
1: People are going to hate this podcast. Um, to me, it's like a bunch of white people on the radio talking about black issues. It's like, why not bring on one black person? You don't even have to like pay them. Just like yeah. bring them on the radio to talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and their experiences. Mm-hmm. It's like, could we get a retweet up in here, up mm-hmm. in here?
0: Yeah, That's up in here. Up, up in here. That's really it. <laughs> that but is I
1: it. think that our listeners get it. Our you listeners I mean. do get it,
0: right? We're preaching to the choir here. We are. Honestly. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And then the second piece of it is. Um, this is part of the growing pains and I have struggled with this the last couple of weeks, like the last couple of weeks, as happy as I've been, I've also felt very heavy because man, I have seen, and I know you have too, a lot of things that come with these weird sexist and racist undertones and it has not felt good. Right. And, um, Obviously there's people out there who are just a holes and say things to be mean. And, um, they're always going to be there, but what hurts maybe even a little more is people who say things that don't recognize that what they're saying has sexist and racist undertones. And, you know, you see people who you love and care about or respect say it and it's like, Oh, and Last night was a real Sunday night was a really good example of that. We have angel Reese out here doing the John Cena, uh, hand gesture that Caitlin Clark had done. And look, angel Reese was way more pointed than Caitlin Clark was. Caitlin Clark did it to the space, like the air Right. angel Reese followed Caitlin around the court and was clearly trying to get in her head. Okay. Right. Like there are differences. No one's going to argue that there aren't, but calling angel Reese a thug. Right And other names that I'm not going to say on this podcast, like, man, there are, there are things to say and there are things to not say. And that's one of those times when you just shut up.
1: Right. And I think that somebody who would say that they're never going to step back
0: and be like, wow, you're right. I've never called a person a thug. Like, I know oh. and that but this this is what <laughs> frustrates me so much, Elisa is it takes no effort to stop for a hot second and think, is what I'm about to say potentially racist or sexist like mm-hmm. it takes it takes next to no effort to pause for right. a second. and I I'm not perfect. I say things that I I wish I could take back. I know I'm sure you have too, but at least I pause and i think and i just wish more people would do that and this the last couple weeks have been um tough that way and it's part it's hard because this we're seeing more of it because more people are watching and that's what we want and that is a great thing but it it has come with a cost that i didn't anticipate and that part has kind of sucked yeah i think that like
1: i mean if you don't look on the court and and see that Iowa is pretty much an all white team and LSU is pretty much an all black team. Like I don't, if you don't see color, (laughs) then I think you need to get your eyes checked. Um, because they're clearly two different races. The color of their skin is two different tones. They buy makeup from two different sides of, (laughs) of the spectrum. Like they're, they're clearly, two different groups of people. I watched, um, these two videos, uh, it might've been after the final four wins, um, of, of Mm -hmm. Iowa singing along to high school school musical. musical and LSU's just like singing along to hardcore hip hop. Like, yeah, I mean, culturally like black culture. Yes. is so different than white culture. And it's like, she wasn't, Like, Angel wasn't hurting Caitlyn. And actually, Jared said something that I thought was really interesting. Somebody, Jared, who has been watching a lot of Caitlyn Clark this season, he said, I would venture to guess that Caitlyn Clark is the least worried. Offended. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, she's a shit she's, talker right. that is she's what she least does likely
1: to be offended by that that's like us saying like oh gosh can you believe what they said to danae i mean we'll get into that but <laughs> do you believe what they said to danae like danae loves wow, shit talking yes and it's like okay and <laughs> people are like i even heard dan patrick say this and dan patrick was on our side but he's like would i do it at the end of the game when the game is sealed blah 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 no and i was like that's because you would never see the floor <laughs> of the national championship game like so many people are like well I would never no you would never yeah because you could never get there yeah. and you've never played in that environment and it, it, you've never had this like passion and that kind of like leads me into some of my other thoughts about this is that everyone is like well, like Caitlin didn't do anything to LSU and LSU had it out for Caitlin, blah, blah, blah. One thing that I heard Angel Reese say in leading up to the game was, and I took, and I took that personally, And that have is we heard direct, that before that is a direct quote from michael jordan he said that like 50 times in that documentary that we all watched while yeah. we were locked at home during covid i took that personally you know you know what makes me just absolutely giggle is when like alabama is like won the championship and they're like nobody believed it. Or the us. Chiefs did this too. Yes, like the Chiefs you, do it.
0: You yes. create this narrative as an athlete as a com- as a competitor because yes. you have to buy into a cause. Like yes. I'm is it ridiculous? I don't think Caitlin Clark said one negative thing about LSU. No, I don't. No, but, but they took the attention on Caitlin Clark as a as, personal to them as a slight and good for them because it worked.
1: It totally worked. worked. And it's like, it's only stupid if it doesn't work. You know what I mean? And so it's like everyone, all of the great athletes find the thing. It's a fire. Yes. Find the thing that puts the fire in their belly. And I took that personally is probably something a majority of athletes do. Yes. They see something out there that they're like, well, I'm going to take that personally. And I think that like in general, I think a lot of the the black female players on LSU, they saw, you know, the that Caitlin wasn't giving the three-pointer shooters uh any for respect. South and they yeah, for South Carolina, they said, "Well, she's black, we're going to use that." And I think that that is something that Kim Mulkey has Cultivated in her teams at both Baylor and LSU. Mm-hmm. I think that she has come in and cultivated and capitalized on that black female struggle.
0: Yeah. And like which is they, funny because she's this well-off right. white woman. But <laughs> <Right>. whether <laughs> that's appropriate or not, we'll talk right, about that. Right.
1: Later. Um, but like she's capitalized on that and she has taught these women how to use that to their advantage. Yes. And they've, they've been able to say like, Hey, nobody gives you a chance here nobody's giving you any press here. I don't think that they were mad at Caitlin. I think that they were more mad at the press, but that they're not
0: playing against the press. Exactly.
1: You know what I mean? they're playing against Caitlin. And so they've manufactured this outrage and that's how they have that fire when they're playing. Like that's what defense is, is just a manufactured outrage at somebody daring to score against you. Yeah. And it really has nothing to do with you. It's not but it's a slight. You get dumped
0: on, that's a slight. Absolutely.
1: And that's my two cents.
0: I I agree with all of it. I (laughs) completely agree with all of it. And I just uh yeah. It's (laughs) I will say the positive, the silver lining out of this is I think we have created this villain story now between Caitlin and Angel Reese. Yes. And it's just, and maybe, maybe even bigger Caitlin versus LSU as a whole. And yep. I think this could be a very interesting storyline for women's yeah. basketball because we all need a, we all need that story, you know, and I think that's what help grows it. So as much as it comes with some cringy moments, I guess it does produce some, some drama. That's for sure. Yeah. I like it. Okay, while we've successfully brought down the mood. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh discuss the bummer of losing Lexi and Danae from our oh, women's basketball I know. team. Man, I you know, we're never gonna know for sure about oh. Lexi, I assume. Um Danae told Tommy Birch flat out it was because she wanted to seek more fast paced offense and you know what? Go do it. We've talked about yeah. that with Iowa State's office offense is slower and women's basketball, the trend I think is a faster pace offense. And she wants to seek that elsewhere. Do it girl. Yeah. She but just wants to play
1: a different offense.
0: Does it suck? Yeah, it does. Am I worried? Yeah, of course I'm worried. We lost two of our guards, one of whom was a defensive specialist and one of whom was the future of our program. And I'm also bummed. I loved Danae. I mean, she was one of our favorites and she was this huge spark and emotional, um, a a spark is probably the best word. She was an emotional spark. But I guess one thing that I want to make clear is that, you know, saying I'm, I'm bummed and worried. Doesn't mean I have lost my support of women's basketball. And I love this team and i know you do too i love this program even larger than this particular team and the the players we're carrying forward i love this program i love iowa state women's basketball i want my girls to love it i want your kids to love it i want everyone's kids to love it because it's part of growing the game and from like i I have the opportunity from a we will perspective to bust my ass to raise money for them in the nil space i'm going to i just it just kind of stinks right now and i'm sure um, the coaching staff will come through in the portal and get us some people to fill in those gaps. And we have an amazing class coming in of freshmen, um, top ten of the country, the best, the highest rate in school history. It's gonna be okay. Um, it may not be what we expected, but it's gonna be okay. Um so I guess my my point of saying that is I encourage the fan base to be okay with being bummed and also excited at the same time because they're not mutually exclusive. They can be, but I don't think in this case they are. And I just hope that we can carry this momentum of being really excited about women's basketball as a whole into Iowa state next year specifically and carry on that support, um, and the growth of the game and your excitement about it and funnel it into Iowa state women's basketball.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that I have a, some thoughts. They they range. I think that <laughs> the, the We're all oh, over the damn right. place. I think that we have the unique perspective that we were doing this podcast like when those freshmen came in. Yes. And when Lexi and Emily came in and we have and we remember like that hope that we had. Yeah. And we thought, you know, we thought we were gonna be in Iowa's position. Yes. At this at this point in time. And that didn't happen. And I think that, um, that probably makes it worse. Yeah. I think that it makes it worse. I think that we can be also be excited about this new group of people coming in. Absolutely. Um, I think that there were a lot of things at play a lot of years. I think, you know, there was some frustration with losing in the first round this year. I will lost in the first round last year. Like they lost to Creighton. And so it's like, guys. Uh, I also think that it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for us with Iowa, having gone to the national championship. Championship. Mm -hmm. And for the next couple of years, I think that recruiting is going to be really hard and that's just the way that life is going to be. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why I found it kind of like, I found it hard to cheer for Iowa because I knew that in the end it would really hurt us.
0: Um, and then and you have her nice saying too. like all the right things in the post game interviews about the state of Iowa. And like, I'm like, shut up, Caitlin. Wait. Right. I want to hate you right now.
1: <laughs> right. Like, stop. It, yeah. And so You're I right. think that like these are the facts. I yeah. think that it, it doesn't have things to do with. The coaching staff, the portal, the climate of women's sports, the mm-hmm. offense—does it do? I mean, on the other yes. end, does the answer is yes to all to, of right. those? On the other end, does recruiting have a lot to do with Hilton Magic and the support of women's basketball in the state of Iowa and the mm-hmm. history of support at Iowa State for women's basketball? Um, do, i mean, there's a lot of things that. Iowa state also has to offer that of course. we can't overlook.
0: Yes. And so. I, um, I think that this class coming in a freshman is perfectly timed, um, because they have an opportunity to take the, um, you know, take some of the focus that's been on Caitlin and rightly so and pull it over to them, you know, like right. they have a challenge and, th- they can rise up to that challenge. And I think right. they have to, and I think they provide the, um, I don't want to put a ton of pressure on them, but I'm going to, you know, they kind of provide the opportunity to battle in that recruiting. If they have a great season, they can, you know, it's not, it's suddenly not the Caitlin Clark show anymore. Suddenly right. it's come play for Iowa state because, Hey, we do it too. Right. And, not, and we can still say that now, obviously Iowa just has the advantage because they've been in this national stage right. for the last few weeks, but recency bias. Yes, for sure. For sure.
1: And I think also like Iowa state has a history and a culture of having a fantastic like coaching staff. I'm not going to say that, well, you know, this new coaching staff, it's not a new coaching staff. They've been there for a long time. And they're, they're the reason why Iowa state women's basketball is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it's, we can say the same thing about like Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Like he is the reason why they're, they are where they're at right now. Yes. Um, and he has brought a lot of really great things, but there can also be, there hasn't been a lot of evolving as well. Well said within Iowa. And I think that a little bit with Iowa state, there hasn't been as much evolving either, but I see, I don't know. I see women's basketball in this area where it's like it could go any direction. And hindsight's 2020, 20. you know, I wish that they would play it in a different way when they're losing, but I love the way that they're playing when they're winning. And so, I mean, as a, as a fan and a critic, I'm just in this like space where I'm just floating and grabbing onto different things <laughs> and trying to make sense of my fandom and trying to tell the future. And I just can't tell it and trying to find somebody to blame for the pain that I have in my heart. That's just
0: cyclone away. Yeah. I guess from my fan perspective, I do hope to see some more evolution. And I think Jared, Jared in his column about Emily Ryan, you know, committing to staying and, and making it clear that she's committed to Iowa State. I thought he said it well, like maybe the coaching staff needs a little bit of self-reflection on how to move forward and what is women's basketball today. And I think that's the, I think that's all we can ask. Obviously you've been coaching in a way that's been successful for several decades. So I understand why that, and it's exactly what you said that has created, the Iowa state culture and the success we've had so far. So I understand why it's hard to let that go. Um, but as the game changes, you have personnel changes and that obviously results in some different styles of play. And it's just a matter of taking these pieces that were these brand new faces, these new fresh faces and figuring out what works as a team for them and, we didn't get the opportunity to see that with Stephanie Suarez, which was, which we all hoped for. Um, cause I think that could have been really special, but now we have the opportunity to do it with these freshmen and see if maybe, um, their talents bring a different style or maybe just a slight modification here and there. So okay. I, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I, I woke up this morning and was like, we have a top 10 recruiting class. Let's go. You know, like yeah. that's how I'm that's how I'm approaching this and I'm I'm excited. I'm not I'm not disappointed or anything like that. I'm excited for what's to come next season.
1: And we can't forget we won the mother freaking big
0: 12 tournament. <laughs> yeah, guys. and I like <laughs> I know, and that was that was the, the the momentum that we carried through that tournament. I just wish we could have put it together. Because we played great in yeah, that tournament, we did. So there, <laughs> let's let's uh, take a break with that the big 12 tournament championship, Iowa State women's basketball team. Yeah. Okay. Before we take a break, we want to give a shout out to our friend Hope Wood. We've told you about her for months now, but she does the Will in a Day program. You can check her out at HopeWoodJD.com. She'll take care of all your needs for a Will in just a couple of hours. It's super straightforward and easy and Hope is a wonderful person on top of it all. Use the code fanatic for $50 off at HopeWoodJD.com.
1: And we are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official Cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
0: Some quick shout-outs before we end the podcast today. Ashley Jones won the Cheryl Miller Award for the third straight season. You guys, we cannot overlook this. Sweet Queen Ashley, you deserve this. You deserve all the accolades you received, and we're so excited to see where you go. The ESPN mock draft has Ashley as the 10th pick overall, which I will be honest with you, I was a little shocked by that. but I am all for it. Like, yeah, go get it. Ashley. I'm so curious how her play is going to. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well, and we, we hated on Luca and said that it would not, you know, and uh, honestly like Niang, we were like, well, I don't know how that's going to work in the
0: NBA. So, and you know, that three on three tournament she did, was it last summer? I think it was last summer yeah, for the yeah, youth, yeah, yeah. Jeannie was more of a perimeter player in that tournament. And I think that's where her three-point shooting really took off. And if she yeah. can figure out how to do that, it, it could be. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And mentioning the WNBA draft, Stephanie Suarez was denied the medical waiver from the NCAA because the NCAA is beep. But the silver lining here <laughs> is that in that same mock draft, she was listed as the third overall pick. What? What? You guys, she's played 13 division one games. I know. Like her, this is the tricky part with her. Her potential is sky high. Yeah. But her performance, you have this tiny sliver of yeah. of what she's actually done. So she could be just this amazing discovery for some WNBA team. Yeah. And I like I'm bummed. Obviously, I wanted her back. I didn't think it was gonna happen. Yeah. So now I'm just like, get your bag, girl. Go get yeah. it. No kidding. The draft is April 10th. So we'll know in a week how all this shakes out. It's in New York city. So yeah, when we get on our next podcast, we'll be able to tell you where our Iowa state cyclones landed. That's so crazy. Yes. Um, Can I keep going or do you want to go? Yeah, I'm
1: looking through all of my shout outs and I feel like they're all like, I feel like we shouted them out
0: last week. Well, I think that the only thing I've been excited about is like <laughs> the NCAA tournament. Apparently, that's fair. That's fair. There are a couple more Iowa State ones I have. Iowa State tennis continues to break records. Last week, number ten Iowa State beat number seventeen Oklahoma State for the first time in program history. Pew pew. See you later, cowgirls. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, you softball. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just don't laugh at me. Pew, oh, yeah. pew pew. Uh, OU softball had an attendance of more than 8,900 fans last week for one of their regular season home games. That's the NCAA regular season attendance record, and that came right after Iowa State set their own attendance record at home. I think it was against OU, wasn't it? It was.
1: So, yeah. and I talked to our friend Jamie about this a little bit. Also, she said OU travels really well. Yeah.
0: Well, so, I bring it on. Let them right, let them right, boost our numbers. Right. Boost our
1: numbers um but i also think that it's if you're not following um isu softball on the socials you should be because they're doing cool stuff they do like shoe yes. checks before the game like the sneakers that everybody's wearing before the game is really cool and just the way that they have curated their feed like we talked about this you know it's a you know it's a girl behind the behind that social media account because and the,
0: there's a couple of the players that are little bit salty about the way they've been dismissed by some and I'm here for it yes yes so check them out they're like Elisa said they're a great follow and they are um I think softball teams in general are just they have more energy than I have after 10 (laughs) cups of coffee just in general for some I don't know why that's just softball culture culture so check them out and they play a lot of double headers too. So yes. you, you get more bang for your buck. If you go, there you, to go. The games. there you go. Um, and one more attendance record while we're on these, the Kansas city current, um, their home opener set an attendance record over the weekend. Again, we see all these national women's soccer league, um, attendance records like broken one week after another. And we saw that pattern start last season and it's continuing this year. So
1: did you go out to the game?
0: Uh, on Saturday, did you go to, the, did you go to a current game? Not yet. Corey okay. had a, game saturday morning oh, gotcha. and it was cold and windy and i love my child but i yeah. would have much rather been in kansas city <laughs> i love what you Corey.
1: did you go what game did you go to i feel like you went to a soccer game recently
0: my kids does that count no that doesn't count mm-hmm. maybe i'm just making this up um i think i probably told you i have plans to go to a few this year maybe that's maybe. what you're thinking of yeah yeah
1: i love it <sighs>
0: Alisa has to go bake 700 cookies. I'm not I exaggerating. Do. That's I do actually what and she's I'm going sad through.
1: too, because I love the shout out part. And I'm like, I have no shout outs today. I gave thanks. I, I guess for I nothing. Women's softball a shout out. So yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> you did. I thought that I thought this was a really good discussion we had today, though. You I'm know
1: what? I was literally just head. gonna say that I feel like I have, I've had trouble sleeping for many reasons. <laughs> um, extra coffee, 700 cookies, all of that. Um, but I just keep replaying all of these thoughts about yeah. these games, about women's basketball, about the culture, the climate, all of that. I, I replay these conversations with nobody in my head.
0: I do too, Elisa.
1: And I, yes. So oftentimes I try and take them to Twitter and then I get caught call- I got called like an idiot and all of these names. And I was just like, but, but you are, (laughs) I'm done with Twitter for this conversation. And I'm just so grateful that I can get on here and talk. And I'm going to tell you exactly why it's because nobody is on here telling me I'm wrong or telling me I'm stupid. You're so stupid. (laughs) so thank you for not calling me stupid you're stupid okay
0: well (laughs) well no i i feel the same thing i'm incredibly grateful for this platform for these conversations and a lot of this stuff is very nuanced and again i think the vast majority of people say things without any ill and you know ill intent or mean intentions but Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes you're well, sometimes they don't <laughs> sometimes they yeah. do stay. well i mean when they call you stupid that's right. what I mean. but I'm, right. I'm talking more about the the racial and gender nuances right. and those are hard to call someone out on twitter because right. if they don't recognize they're doing it they're taking what you're saying as an attack and yeah i think so my point is i'm grateful for this platform to be able to have these conversations and i've said it to you before but if we can change one mind or make one person pause i think that's worth it yeah
1: and yeah. even if we can't, I just enjoy sitting here talking about it.
0: And I get a look at your face. So there's that too. Gosh, you're just so beautiful.
1: There's like a crumb on on my screen that I'm eating right now.
0: <laughs> I hope it was tasty. It was delicious. All right. Well, go make some cookies. I will. All right. Go cyclones. Go state.